In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I don't know if you do this often, but um, do you spend any amount of concerted time, energy, and effort to look back and to revisit where you've come from? Now, I go to spiritual direction about once a month, and so there's at least a monthly kind of looking back to see what has been happening and what I've been doing. I sometimes look back and say, how, how is it this date already? Right? So kind of mentally look back and think about what just happened the past month or something like that. And, and on occasion, someone might say, oh, how did you and Christina meet one another? Or last night we had uh, Chelsea and Cammie over and turns out uh, um, Chelsea's sister is at uh, the same college that Christina and I went to. So we had this opportunity to revisit and talk about all the things that are on that campus now that did not exist, in fact, when we were there. But, but looking back seems to be part of what we do, right? If you get an annual review at work, you, you look back and those kinds of things. But in this congregation tonight even, I bet there are some folks who are looking forward. I'm looking forward to summer and sabbatical. <laughs> some of our soon-to-be graduates are looking forward to certainty perhaps for some, and uncertainty for others. Wale's looking forward to his diaconal ordination next month. Um, so we do spend time looking forward as well, right? It's next week is Palm Sunday, right? And then it's Holy Week. And so I'm looking forward because there's moving parts to those services that have to be attended to. And the new vestments arrived yesterday. So, of course, I had to try them on because they have to fit. That's a reasonable thing, you know. So I'm even looking forward more so now to our Easter vigil so that we can wear the new, have the new vestments out and everything like that. But we look back, some of us maybe more than others for different reasons, hopefully mostly for positive, but sometimes for negative reasons as well. We, we often look forward, right, because there's always something coming up. Right now as a family, we're trying to plan a vacation which turns out is a lot harder to do when you decide not to just go to Virginia and Pennsylvania and visit your family, right? That kind of always planned itself. We bought tickets and we went, right? But planning ahead, trying to think. But the reality is, of course, obviously, we, we actually live right now in the present. But these days, it's so easy for the present to kind of overtake us that I, I actually don't know how well we live in the present. Right? Most days I get to the end of the day and it's a blur. And I think, what is happening? Right? What happened? I, don't, I can hardly know what happened today. It, it started and it ended with lots of stuff happening between those two points, but not a lot of time to necessarily live in the moment. I was explaining to someone the other day, I keep three browsers open now all the time email browsers, well, and a calendar one all the time as well. So I've got my Biola email, I've got my church email, and I've got the Neshota House email, which is the one that doesn't get the most traffic, but if I don't have it open, I won't notice when something there comes in. And all day, right, emails come into those boxes. And if I look and see it's a student, one of my mentees, I feel like I better look at that. I better see what they need, because if they're asking for an extension, on their reading, I'd rather them to know that now than to not hear from me and fret and stay up all night reading when they could have actually gotten sleep, which might have been good for them, right? And, 
And of course, I assume if it comes into my email box from the church, it's probably not someone saying that their son, daughter, spouse, or whatever just went to the hospital. But then again, they might not have my phone number, so I want to kind of look at those. So it's not that I'm complaining. I think the reality is I have to look at those emails regularly, but they don't stop, right? And I have to be honest with you, these days when one comes in that requires something from me other than a yes or no response, I go, oh, how will I ever get that done, right? Like the, the weight of these things, so much so that a uh, a fellow priest of mine recently emailed me to ask me some questions, and he used the phrase, I know you are overwhelmingly busy. I don't expect a response to this until you're on summer break, which I thought was really nice and gracious. So now I'm going to try to respond sooner than summer break, right? And say, ha, there you go. It's not even summer break yet, and I've responded. But the reality is it'll be summer break. So, But tonight's text give us the opportunity, because each one looks back, each one looks at the present, and each one looks forward. And so we get this opportunity here on the fifth Sunday of Lent to look back, to think about the present, and always through Lent anticipating the future. The passage from Isaiah tonight, there in chapter 43, Isaiah uses a couple of phrases there in verse 18. Well, let me start sooner with verse 16. Thus is the Lord who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. What is he talking about? Horses, chariots, water, quenching, dying. Yeah, look back to the Exodus. Think about where you've come from, Israel. But then, verse 18, this immediate shift, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. So having just reminded them of what he had done there in the Exodus, he says, but don't remember those former things, those things of old, he calls them. Instead, verse 19, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. Look back. JK, don't look back. Remember not those old things. Look forward. But saying that to people who in that moment are in exile, now, mind you, this is not the worst exile. They are in exile, but they're actually being treated fairly decently. So much so that they're kind of building a new life for themselves in exile. One that later we will learn they didn't necessarily want to be dislodged from. Right? They were no longer in Virginia. They were in California. But they were making a life of it. I can relate. By the way, a mentee of mine sent me a map yesterday where every state is named in relationship to Virginia. <laughs> California, California is called westernmost Virginia. <laughs> so it's perfect. He said, after, now that he heard that I had learned all the countries of the world. He said, now you can learn all the states and their proper names. And it was all in relationship to Virginia. So Florida was south, 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 south Virginia. <laughs> right? North Carolina, south Virginia, south, south Virginia, south, south, south Virginia, south, 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 south Virginia. So... All right, but again, they're, they're in a situation in the present. They're not 
They're not in the place that God had delivered them to be in, but yet they're not yet where God is taking them. Look back, but remember not. Instead, look forward to this new thing I'm doing so that you might declare my praise. The reading from Philippians, which before the service, Kevin said, I'm always scheduled to read this passage. Let's have the Jewish man read Paul's words about being a Jewish man, right? Kind of a reading. And I said, why do you always give me that? I said, that's Elena, technically, who assigned you to that reading year after year. Coincidence? Probably. <laughs> Paul recounts his pharisaical past, right? He, he recounts who he is, his credentials, his qualifications. But he's doing it from jail. He's in prison while he's thinking about those qualifications. And then when he comes to verses 13 and 14, he says, but one thing I do here in jail, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So there's Paul imprisoned, looking at his credentials, thinking back to who he was, It's not someone he wants to be again, obviously. He persecuted the Christians. He's repented of that. He's now a Christian himself. But he's in prison looking back, but he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to focus on that. I'm not even going to focus on the where I'm at in the moment, but instead I'm going to forget all what lies behind, and I'm going to strain forward to what lies ahead. Again, that upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And then our gospel reading this evening, there's a party happening at Lazarus's house. That's the guy who had been dead and is now alive again. Who would have thought that party would have happened with Lazarus there? Jesus had resuscitated him, brought him back to life so that there could be this moment when Mary anoints Jesus's feet for his death. In the moment, Lazarus is there, Reminding us that there's this past of his death, but Jesus resuscitates him. In the moment, as Mary anoints the feet of Jesus, she anticipates his impending death. Of course, what's Judas doing? He's living in the moment, going, what are you doing? That's worth something. That perfume is worth something. And by the way, it's worth something to me because I'm stealing from the bag. Right? I'm I'm taking some of that money, so really I'm, I'm noticing what's not what's not going to be mine by this act. So again, in that moment, celebration, in that moment, a party. In that moment, we even see the duplicitous nature of Judas, which will come to light soon enough in its full glory. But yet that anointing is pointing us forward to thinking about what is about to happen to Jesus. So what does all this say to us, right? Three texts paired together that look back and look forward while living the reality in the present. Well, I think it tells us that it's not bad to look back. But yet, even when you look back and see deliverance, that's not sufficient. When you look back to see all that you were or the way you've been trained, which could in part maybe um, be used to totally not justify the fact that you're imprisoned, the fact that You don't throw a party for the dead, you throw a party for the living, right? It's okay to look back. We should look back, right? Matter of fact, there's a strong aspect of the Christian tradition which says every day you should look back at that day. It's called recollection. 
You should recollect what you have experienced that day. Recollect your relationship with God, where you have sinned, where you have not sinned, the way you've responded to people, the choices you've made. Recollection. In confession, we say, look back to the last time you made confession and confess all your sins from that time to this time. Lent is a looking forward, but it's also a reckoning of where we've come from. The liturgical year always points us forward, but never leaves behind us exactly all those things that we have been doing. So it's good to look back. We should look back. Look back. It's not always pleasant, right? Everything in our past isn't great. But yet we need to look back. We need to see the way in which we are people formed for the present by what we come from. And then, of course, we need to look at ourselves in the present, Right? That's what spiritual direction is all about. It's not just nostalgia about where you've come from. A daily recollection is, again, not nostalgia about where you got it right and got it wrong that day, though it is part of that, but it's to take stock in that moment. Where am I at in my relationship to God? It's good to do this professionally as well, to take stock. What has God done in my life? Where has God brought me? Does God want me to continue being in this place? So we do that by living into the present. And this is a moment where I would encourage us that we're going to have to be more and more creative these days to live in the present. Because even anticipating the emails I have to write is to live just beyond the present. Right? Like, thinking about, like, oh, right, Holy Week. So there's that altar of repose. There's that gospel that's read in parts that needs readers Oh, yeah, those, those three sermons in very short sequence. Right, yeah, I've got a lot to do in the next two weeks. Right, but again, that's, that's anticipating. It's not sitting down and doing the work that needs to be done. But then, of course, we need to be people that look to the future. We do that liturgically by looking forward to Easter. But we need to do that personally, right? We can't just sit back and say, look how good God has been to us. He delivered us. He delivered me. But instead we have to say, yes, but what does he want me to be doing into the future? Because if God's doing a new thing that's going to spring forth, if he's going to bring water to the wilderness, if he's going to make wild beasts tame, I want to be there for that, and I want to live into that, not just sitting around being nostalgic. Paul chooses not just to focus on the fact that he's in prison, but he says, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strain forward for that prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. He's not going to sit and lament the justness or the injustice of his imprisonment. Instead, he knows what his business is to be, and that is to be moving towards Christ Jesus. And Mary, she doesn't care what that perfume costs. She might not even fully know what she's doing in the sense of preparing Jesus for his death. But she becomes a big point of moving Jesus forward to his death. So, we need to be people that, yes, live in the moment. We need to be people that get more creative with how to do that. I need to do that. Maybe you've got it figured out. If you do, please talk to me at Potluck. Help me understand, right? Like, we don't need to just sit around and look back, though there's benefit to that. We need to live in the moment, and then we need to always be ready to live into the future. 
Jeremiah says, the reason I'm going to redo do this new thing in the future is so that they might declare my praise. Our psalm tonight talks about how weeping becomes joy. That's the future we're moving to, the future where God is doing things. And if we think of this in ultimate terms, this is not an elusive thing that we're moving towards. You might be thinking to yourself, yeah, but I've been moving towards something for a long time and I can't get there. Right? Like, I've been at Biola for almost four years, for example. I'm graduating, and yet there's a job that's just out there, but I'm not there yet. This is what it was, you know, like the, the anticipation of getting a job. I've shared this with you before. I did 12 years of post-high school education. In my final year of my PhD, I went and I interviewed at a university. I was the top candidate. They hired no one. It was the most devastating phone call I've ever had to take. Because I wanted the job. Had I not been in school forever, right, I was ready to take care of Christina and Brendan. I was ready to go and do this thing that I was convinced God had called me to. But yet that first teaching job was still just further away. But if we think about it in the ultimate sense, the eschatological sense, it's always the now and the not yet. We are always moving towards that great fulfillment. And so as we move forward, as we look to the future, as we declare God's praise because of what he's doing, as our weeping turns to joy because of what God is doing, no matter what then we are going through, which may make us long for the next future thing, ultimately we know that God is going to make all things right and restore all things to himself. In the language of Philippians, one day we will get that of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So as we come to the end, near end of our Lenten season, as we strive towards the cross of Jesus Christ, may we see that as a model for the own way in which we can look back and live in the present and move into our future. And it is a great and glorious future indeed. Because where there's Lenten journey and death, just beyond that, there's always life. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.